Are you ready to be awakened and empowered in your calling and purpose? Are you a builder and shaper of the church, marketplace, and society? Welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Schneider, and I look forward to helping you get equipped as a catalyst of the kingdom in your sphere. All right, everybody, welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast, or some of you are probably watching from our YouTube channel, History Makers TV, as well as Facebook, and wherever you're watching from. If this is shareable for you, I want to encourage you to share this broadcast. Why? This is really a special uh, a special presentation, <laughs> as it always is when David Balestri is in the house. Uh, and before we get into the, the kind of main event here, I want to mention to you in the text area of, if you're watching this on Facebook, uh, any of our pages, you'll see the prophetic advanced training is coming up April 8th to 10th. And there's a link there you can click which will take you to all the information about this incredible, incredible training. I really believe that this is one of the more unique prophetic training events to come out of what what they call the reset, so to speak. We've got David Balestri at that, Tony Kim, uh, Luke Niebergall, myself, and people are registering for this thing. I mean, I don't know if it's that the price is good, you know, the value is much more than $77, but we wanted to make it available to as many people as possible because something is happening in the body of Christ in 2022. Something is happening, especially in the area of uh, the prophetic and the world of the prophetic. There's somewhat of a real... uh, You know, there's just things going on, and I don't want to take too much time on that, but you're going to have like eight to ten workshops over the period of those days. It's really intense, also user-friendly Q&A, just cutting-edge workshops addressing prophetic ministry from all different angles of the beautiful diamond that it is. And, and talking about the good, the bad, and even the ugly. You know, I think one of the workshops is called, uh, you know, the, the prophetic purple elephant in the room. You know, things that we kind of know, but in, in our charismatic world, we didn't dare ask about or, or isn't popular to talk about. We're going to go there. You do not want to miss this prophetic training. I, I know some of you might say, listen, I have been on the ground floor of the prophetic movement. I've been part of this. I've been to training and equipping events. This will be more than just sort of having you activate, you know, learning to prophesy. This is a little more, I believe, governmental uh, kind of prophetic training. I would encourage you to not miss this. Again, that's April 8th to 10th. You can register through the link in the uh, chat, in the in the text area there. Uh, if you're not watching from Facebook, you can actually go to historymakersacademy.com. Under trainings, you'll find the link there and all the information. You'll see prophetic advanced training. We are so excited about this advanced training for new uh, new prophetic ministry. And I'll be saying more about that throughout the broadcast. Now, the moment you have been waiting for, I want to get right to it tonight or today, this morning, wherever you're you're watching or listening from. I am so excited about this. I have come to know uh, David Balestri just over the last year or so. I had seen him popping up on my my grid, (laughs) social media grid, over the last two years. And every time I heard him speak, 
whether it was two minutes or 25 minutes, I was totally blown away as if I was eating at a, at a buffet. That's the real truth. Let me give you the bio that I have on him and then say a little more before we bring him out here. David Balestri, a recognized national prophet, sits on the national leadership of the Australian Prophetic Council. He's a seasoned prophet who functions with dynamic prophetic anointing in the realms of church governance, leadership, and also marketplace ministry. He travels extensively around the globe as an advocate of the apostolic and prophetic ministry paradigm that is being restored into the body of Christ at this time. David is recognized as a governmental building prophet. How cool is that? Governmental building prophet to the body of Christ and works with senior pastors, networks, and denominations in building functional prophetic architecture and strategies for the extension of the kingdom in the context of local church, territorial, and national expressions. <laughs> in other words, David likes to get a bang for his prophetic buck. Uh, he's wanting to make sure there is traction and connection between prophetic and apostolic. I, I really think that's the heart of Jesus. And that's why we've brought David on today. Uh, I, let's just bring him out right now and get right to it, because that's what you've came uh, to hear and see. Uh, David Balestri, welcome. There you are. You're on the screen. Welcome, my friend. Thank you. It's a great honor to be uh, with you uh, on this program and uh, looking forward to our discussions. Yeah, awesome. You've become a, a good friend. You've become an inspiration. And, you know, you're doing a lot all over the world, really, not just as right. a voice, but I, I believe you even serve on staff at a local church uh, in Australia. Is that correct? Can you tell us a bit about what church you're with? Sure. I, I'm uh, here in Sydney, Australia. I'm in a church called Hope Unlimited Church. Uh, it's led by uh, my senior leaders, which is uh, Mark and Darlene Check. Some people will recognize that last name. Yeah. Um, and um, it's, a, it's a great joy and honor to be a part. It's a, it's a larger sort of multi-site church uh, that serves uh, the greater region uh, that we're in. And uh, my my functional role here, I'm I'm an elder, of course, in the church alongside uh, Mark and Darlene, and uh, I serve as the my my working title is the marketplace pastor, the marketplace pastor, which which basically means I have um, key oversight to about we have about two hundred business people, two hundred businesses and business families uh, that are part of our church, and I bring. Uh, uh, coaching, counsel, strength, undergird to their ministry uh, in the marketplace through their businesses and enterprises. And uh, wow. so that's a good joy. Wow. That's amazing, mm. David. You are definitely a 10-talent man, I think. Guys, if mm. you've just tuned into this, I want to encourage you to share this broadcast wherever you're watching from, listening from. If, you, if you've got a podcast, you know, if you're if you're listening to this in podcast form, when it comes out, please share it, send it to somebody. David, let's get right into this today. There's there's really been an emerging need or at least recognition, at least I hope there has been, for more connectivity between prophetic ministry and apostolic ministry, prophets and apostles. 
yeah. and there's sort of a recognition now of of those who walk in both quite well. I was even just talking with Tony Kim about an old discussion he had with the late Peter Wagner on mm. this subject. Can the two function together in, in one body? I'm calling it the hybrid model these days. And I, and I would consider you to be quite an expression of, of both apostle right. and prophet, apostolic, prophetic minister. How does that express itself? What does that look like in one person? Sure, sure. I think that's a great question. And uh, for those that, uh, you know, obviously I, I believe as far as Ascension Ministries that <clears throat> uh, people that are in Ascension Ministry carry a dominant doma dimension, whether that's a dominantly apostle or dominantly prophet or dominantly evangelist or dominantly teacher or pastor. And that becomes like a, the foundation grace that they carry in their life. And uh, by the way, it's entrusted to them by Christ uh, for the equipping of the saints. That's always, if to whatever degree that, that grace inside of you equips the saints is the degree of your success. Uh, nothing else is the measurement of your success because Ephesians 4.11 says that the outworking of that is, um, is the equipping of the saints. So irrespective of how big, uh, how many books you've written on your grace or um, the network that, you, <laughs> that you've designed, um, the measurement from a kingdom success perspective of how effective you are in the release of that dominant grace inside of you is how well you have equipped the saints and to what degree the saints that you've equipped are walking in your dominant dimension. So wow. I just saw a lot there, but... Uh, I, my base gift has and remains as prophet. That expresses itself through a, a, a revelatory, uh, in, a spiritual intuitiveness. Um, that that that's the the voice of God becomes very dominant in in just every aspect of my world. So that's the base gift. I would call that the base grace. Um, but then, especially probably the last 10, 10 to fifteen years there's been the evolving or the maturation of the apostolic dimension uh, that has refit me as a prophet. Um, 15 years ago, if you would have encountered me, uh, I was a very, uh, the expression of the prophetic in me would have been very different or felt very different and even in its outworking looked very different than what it does today. Um, I would have said that 15 years ago, you would have met me. I would have been dominantly a blessing, inspiring prophet. Oh, wow. I, still, I still bless and inspire today. But, but if, you, if you dig into the expression of my ministry, you'll see that actually the, the, the blessing now is dominated. I still bless, but actually there's a building aspect to wow. my prophetic function that now dominates the, that expression. And that really is because the apostolic um, dimension of Christ, that grace has now become stronger inside of me than, than the prophetic was uh, or is, you know. Wow. I, you know, I, I want to go deep into certain things that you said along the journey of that answer, but I know time doesn't permit. But, you know, you, you just mentioned the blessing 
paradigm and then the building paradigm. Can you speak to that just a little bit? That was some hot stuff there. What does that mean for an apostle prophet? Yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, that's a really interesting thing. It's something actually, Derek, that you recently or a little while ago did a an article about Romans where Paul talks about grace and apostleship. Yes. And, and because we've, you know, just understanding where the body of Christ has come through, we've come out of, as you know, a hundred years, hundred plus years of the the move of God of the Spirit from birthed out of you know Azusa Street, the Welsh revival. So we've come out of a charismatic paradigm which has orientated us um, and orientated much of the expression of what we did. Um, we're now tipping into this new era, uh, which is really just an evolution or next step for the body of Christ as it matures in the earth in its representation of Christ in the execution of the kingdom. And um, what we're seeing is this, that, that yes, of course the prophetic brings a blessing uh, and even an energizing, an inspirational dimension to the body of Christ that's part of the prophetic uh, configuration. We see that um, throughout both the Old and the New Testament. However, However, the, the, the apostolizing of grace means that, that it's not enough for us. Jesus didn't just come to announce. He, he, he did. You know, all that Jesus said and did, like, like that there, it wasn't enough. It wouldn't have been enough for Christ, respectfully for Jesus, to have proclaimed the kingdom had come mm. and yet actualize it through the the victory of the cross like yeah. like somebody's got to go to the cross otherwise we'd still be talking about conceptually the victory of Christ but no one would be saved right you've got to actualize you you uh, the wonderful thing about the prophetic is that it has this ability to draw out of the eternal realm the mind of god the 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 the, the intent of heaven the challenge with the prophetic alone, which we'll obviously talk to when we get a little deeper here, is that the, the, the prophets and the prophetic alone do not have a dominant grace to earth that revelation into a tractional outworking of the kingdom. That wow. lives deeply inside the apostles and the apostolic dimension. Wow. So you're saying it's, you know, I'm, I'm using uh poor language here probably, but you're saying it's not enough just to speak, declare, encourage, pronounce, but that has to, and that resides exclusively with the apostolic function? I think dominant, not exclusively. I think, but I think that I I would say that the the apostolic function is the breakthrough anointing that that births, you you know, um, we... Uh, it's almost like because it's the king, kingly anointing that lives dominantly in the like we're all kings. I, I understand that priests and kings, but there's a dimension in the apostolic and the apostles. That's why they're proton. That's why they've got to go first. Uh, because I mean, I mean, we could go a million different ways here, but but the the, the dominant distinction of an apostle is not that they can preach or that they can plant a church. The dominant uh, distinction of an apostle is that they are able; they have a capacity to, by the Spirit of God, 
to release kingdom wherever they go. Now, what that looks like, it can look like the establishment of a church. But I've got to tell you, we've defaulted to that one aspect so hard because I think that some apostles, and this might be scandalous, some apostles will never plant churches. As a matter of fact, some, some of your New Testament apostles never did, but they release kingdom wherever they go. So yeah. what, if, what, if, what if an apostle um, re- plants no churches, right, as in what we think church, right, and instead uh, what that apostle does is release saints, the saints, into their assignments, some of them may go and plant churches, some of them may go and plant businesses and industries, some of them may go and uh, become, you know, influencers within the spheres of culture. Um, What if if we understood apostles as kingdom releases rather than hold them into ecclesiastical boxes that just uh, respectfully handcuff them to an ecclesiastical order that actually, i got to tell you, uh, the ecclesiastical order has a place, but it's not Bible. It's just the way that we're trying to outwork what we read in the Bible. So, <laughs> Guys, we, we, we are already waist deep at the seaside here. <laughs> and we're, we're about to go deeper here. I just want to encourage you to share this broadcast. If you're watching it on Facebook, wherever it is, you know, share this thing, hit like, jump in on the comment section. My team that's here, uh, Bruce, feel free to throw some comments up there because people are obviously cheering this thing on as they find out, wow, I can be an apostle and not necessarily have planted a church. Sounds good to me. Now, we've got to get into then from here the relationship then between prophetic ministry and apostolic ministry, between prophets and and apostles, I really feel that this is the the kind of word of the day for this hour. Because if we don't bring the two together in some functional form, uh, you know, the body of Christ just cannot meet the challenges. I think in this coming season that we're heading into, talk a little bit about why it's so important. We and let me stage this a bit for people who are are new, maybe in these waters. We talked about for years how to get the prophets and the apostles to walk together. And we had kind of these pilot projects of, well, let's get them all in the same room. And, and you know, jokingly, we would say the prophets show up a little late with sandals and staffs and the, the apostles show up on time with briefcases. You know, the jokes would fly about the profound differences, which really are not true. But... Um, it was just so obvious, and, and some of the rooms that I was in where we tried to do this, it was very clear that there just was not the connection. And I remember thinking, there's got to be a different way of doing this. I, I feel like this is not it. How can we take what the prophets and prophetic ministry is getting, connect it to the apostolic to, thre- to thresh it through the body? Can you just dive right into this, David, uh, sure. on, on this subject? Sure. I mean, I've been in many, <laughs> many of those same sort of room moments and it's just awkward. Like it's just awkward, right? It's it's wow. um, introverts on one side, extroverts on the other, or, um, you know, the, the A type personalities on the one side and the B type on the other. And 
and you know the I mean it's it's not un, it's it's some of it it's just human dynamics right um Paul the apostle Paul challenges the Corinthians about their their factionalism um you know and they've got all justification some are of Paul's camp some are of Paul's some of the Jesus crew you know um you've got that going on and in the end in the end Paul talks about the defeatedness about that system and basically you know tells them to grow up right and one of the big challenges is that immature apostles and immature prophets will never work together well so so can we just say that that the first thing to to get the you know these two wonderful gracings to work together is there needs to be um some maturing realities within both of the expressions of apostle and prophet in the body of Christ um so that's the first thing i think the second thing that works against that is again we've got this almost um recruiting mentality mm. and so 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 we've got the apostles trying to recruit prophets uh, <laughs> you know without without trying to be overt about it but basically saying you know cuz we cuz we come at it we see we're still we've got this hierarchical hangover we've got this this networking hangover and and what we do is we come to the room and we're trying to impress one another so that number 1 you'll either join my network or number 2 you'll call me dad Ooh, right wow like, just like that's and everybody can smell it and particularly the prophets can smell it a mile away which is a lot of the time why they stay away because they realize what's going to go on right it's like um it's like a trading floor for the best sports team and everyone wants the superstars and and wants to promise these things um i mean i'm just talking this is this is real i mean i'm talking brutally but this is reality right it is reality you're right about that the business cards the whole thing it does go well, on so so in the end in the end um we've got to come to this this place of um well maturity and ma that that we are maturing sons before our father right before god we 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 we're not competitors here we're brothers and sisters of the same family and the same father and so that's the first thing that we've just got to put that down the second thing is this that first and second and third like 1 Corinthians 12:28 first apostles second prophets third teachers etc that is not a hierarchical structure that is a spiritual revelation it's actually a it's a it's an eternal code listen to this it's an eternal code that unlocks kingdom power into the earth wow proton apostles firstness has not this it's not to do with it's not to do with first in the sense of i lead you it's its greatest servant to the body apostles are the greatest servants to the body um that that jesus models that when he doesn't take a sword but he takes a towel right like the 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 ultimate proton when jesus when jesus washed the, the his his disciples feet he was being apostolic in that moment not pastoral he was being apostolic in 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 his ultimate sense he was being that so then all of a sudden when we realize that to, so it's how we come together or i think the rules of engagement for we've been trying to call apostles and prophets together but the rules of engagement are all funky they they they're not biblical 
And um, and not only that, a, a lot of it, it's it's kind of like, well, what are we trying to achieve? If once we once 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 we we agree to work together, um, what happens then? Do we then just go and re reconstruct um, ecclesi old ecclesiastical models? Like like you know, where is this? Um, so so I, it's much more complex than we would give it. And um, it's not enough to just go, oh, well, we, we just need unity. Um, no, there's something much more than that. Unity for unity's sake, um, sure, it makes us friends, but doesn't by default expand the kingdom. There's a glory that is unity that is different from uh, collaboration and, 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 you know, wanting to just be friends together. There's a glory and the glory, actually, the reality is that glory of unity, it it needs to be downloaded by apostles and prophets. Wow. <laughs> so so I, I just think uh, at this point, sometimes it's a bit like until um, until we grow up, until there's a, a maturing, yeah. I'm not quite sure if we can yet um, be overly ambitious about the full collaboration between apostles and prophets. There is some of that. Uh, I function in some of that. I go out of my way to do that. But I'm not quite sure, Derek, that we're going to find the depth uh, of the kingdom reality of that yet. That there's still there's still a journey before that to go, I think. Yeah, I, I, I think we're even, you know, we want to answer some of these questions, but I feel like we're in the process of trying to answer these questions right? and come to some of these conclusions. Have you seen uh, off the cuff, does it come to your mind, a, a model that you have seen that has worked well? For example, like a prophetic network gets a word, okay? So the prophetic roundtable comes together, they get all this stuff, these downloads, have you seen it then translated into, you know, newsletter or connected to an apostolic network that connects it to the churches and the body of Christ can respond to these prophetic words? Because there's so many flying around on Facebook, here, there, and everywhere, and we're going to dive into that too, which you have spoken so well about in this last season. But, mm -hmm. but with all the words flying around, have you seen a model that's worked well in taking that and threshing it through the body more than just posting it on Facebook. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure if I I could get to the point right now to say that I've seen a, a, a model that works well, but I but I do. Well, what I am uh, thankful about is that I am beginning to see um, different uh, coalitions of uh, let's say prophets uh, in the states, uh, in in Australia, in different spaces that. Uh, rather than simply every man and his dog broadcasting what they heard Jesus tell them for breakfast and calling it a national word and you know all of that stuff, that there there is um, there's a growing uh, practice now amongst some uh, maturing prophets and maturing prophetic councils that they understand that there's value now to actually probably come together in a roundtable setting, uh, release, share and release words that they, these mature, seasoned, uh, accountable, uh, you know, uh, measured uh, prophets um, and, and present them to a table 
uh, like as in present them to the group, collate them, uh, and then and then submit that to uh, you know apostolic leadership, um, network leadership, and 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 that's been a great evolution. I we 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 really weren't seeing that ten years ago. Uh, we are beginning to see that now. It's it's still not dominant practice. I still think that we have an a tsunami of of white noise prophecy that is being, you know, released. And, and you know, the the access of, of course, social media and all that makes that very easy. But, and, and the body of Christ in general is still quite bedazzled, I think, with the notion of um, those type of prophetic words. It's a bit like the heathens with the horoscope stuff. Mm. The reason why horoscopes is so attractive is because the words are so easy to to latch latch your 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 working reality onto, and so it gives you almost like an injection, a sugar rush of 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 oh wow, this is awesome, right? Um, easy prophecies does that, unfortunately, to the body of Christ. It it's very easy when someone says. The Lord said to me, today's the day of your breakthrough. The thing you've been waiting for for 10 years is going to happen today. I mean, we've all got things that we, promises, dreams, things locked up inside of us that we've been waiting for a long time, believing God for. That's a that's a powerful, powerful attraction if, if, if I need some encouragement to say yes and amen. The problem with it is that, it's probably bunkum. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> it's it's a God Give didn't say that. Clear on that, David. <laughs> Define bunkum. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it it and the the problem, of course, with that is that after your moment of encouragement, when you realize that that nothing happened, wow. you begin to do the very thing that Paul says that we shouldn't, which is you begin to move prophecy you don't deny that prophecy is real but you begin to despise it wow. and um, and and I, I think we've got a great despising of prophecy and I think that one of the main culprits one of the main you know <laughs> offenders are the prophets themselves we we did it we yeah. we did wow. it and and so we, we need we, there's some repentance we like truly um there's some repentance. I I, th I think the most spiritual thing that some uh, it's going to sound so hard. Some of the most spiritual thing that some prophets and prophetic ministers can do is to be quiet for a while, wow. and 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 let the Holy Spirit redig a well, redig, re break up the the ground of our hearts, and let's let's weep in the dark and not tell anyone for a while. Wow. Wow. Silence in heaven for half an hour <laughs> at this point here, uh, David. Guys, I, I told you it would be this way. And those of you that have shown up tonight on Facebook and different places, please share this broadcast so that others can see this and hear it. Um, you know, you're hearing the heart of Jesus, especially that. I mean, I could interview 10 prophetic voices or apostles and not hear what you just heard there in the area of repentance and even a silence. Uh, 
just at this point, and then I'm this this interview is not over. I want to go deeper now uh, with David. But again, I just want to mention the the prophetic advance training that David is actually a speaker uh, at April eighth to tenth in the text area above the. Uh, Facebook video that you're watching right now. You can click on that. It'll take you to a page with all the information, the speakers, Luke Niebergel, Tony Kim, myself, David, of course, who will be speaking. His, his topic is about apostles and prophets, apostolic and prophetic ministry walking together. You know, this, this, is, this is really for the mature, really for anyone, though. As you're stepping into prophetic ministry in this new era, why not step into it from a healthy place uh, this is so exciting. And if you're not watching on Facebook, maybe you're on YouTube or you're listening by podcast, go to historymakersacademy.com. Under trainings, you'll see prophetic advanced training with all the information there. David, I want to jump back to something you alluded to, but I actually heard you say it somewhere else. <laughs> and, and you said it as only you could, seasoned with grace, but you said there almost needs to be an unplugging for a while right? Uh, of some of this. And, and I think you, it was connected to something I had said as well, where it seems like the body of Christ is coming to the end, not of prophetic ministry, of course, but coming to the end of an overemphasis, perhaps, where right. we've hit a point of some dysfunction. It's become very candy prophecies, you know, and, and, there was a time you could you could scroll through Facebook or go to almost any conference and there was a default to that kind of stuff that you were just addressing. Not throwing out the genuine, by the way, guys. We love prophetic ministry. I don't think that needs to be uh, really bolstered here. But, but we're almost coming to the end of this overemphasis and this need to unplug a bit. Would you say that... Some things have become pretty unhealthy in this area, David. Oh, look, without we, uh, without doubt, the evidence, which is um, evidence in in a biblical sense, is is the kingdom being manifested, and is it being manifested in a way that is, um, you know, bringing the victory of Christ into the earth in a greater measure. And if that is our measuring mark, I think that we can honestly say that without doubt we have some level of malpractice going on and, um, you know, we've, we've, we've put some religious jargon around that. I just find it interesting, the whole thought, um, when you take a, when there's a wood instrument, let me give you this analogy, when there's a wood instrument and, uh, and you play it for a long time, the wood itself begins to, over time, begins to warp and, and the sound that comes out of that instrument begins to come off key. And then wow. what, what happens is you either have, you've got two decisions. Either you throw that instrument away or you can redeem it. And how you redeem it is through a process called reboring. Wow. And what they do is you take it to a specialist, you stop playing it, you take it to a specialist and they do some treatment on the, on the instrument and it, and it resets it. Now, here's the interesting thing. Even though it retunes the instrument, and it brings it into tune. When you play that instrument again, it's in tune, but it is different from its original state, right? <laughs> it's in tune, but it's different from its original state. I believe that that's what we're going to see in the prophetic particularly, 
we're going to see uh, we are in the midst of a reboring by the Spirit of God. Some of it feels like embarrassment. Some of it feels like, respectfully, uh, righteous judgment from the Lord. Some of it, uh, we can see some of the judgment in that we've cut off the ears of not only the church but the, the, the world um, in many respects. There's not many nations running to the church saying, teach us your ways. Yeah. Um, you know, what, 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 what answer do you have to the, the challenges? Um, so there's this reboring, which the apostolic grace is part of the reboring of the prophetic. And we, we will come into a greater, a reattuning to the voice of Christ. Wow. And as we do, I, I believe it'll be the same, but different, Derek. I, I really do believe. And it, and it needs to, because the world in which we are going to prophesy over the next 50 years is not, well, over the next 500 years, let me say it this way, is not, is not the world that we have been in for the last 500 years. There is a new world order that's got nothing to do with Matthew 24. It's got to do with the realignment of nations that we're seeing currently out in the geopolitical space and there will be a different requirement, a different dimension of the kingdom that needs to be released so that the kingdom, uh, so the church, the body of Christ, can stop being the tail and move towards its position as the head where it's supposed to be in a, in a love revolution. I'm not talking about, you know, foolish uh, hyper-dominionism. In a love revolution, uh, we can move to the forefront and begin to lead the nations with the kingdom rather than be, you know, uh, the, the, the remnant in the corner that's just crying out for Jesus to come and rescue us. Yeah, yeah. So, so good, David. You, you've almost taken me down the geo, geopolitical lane here where I have other things to ask you about. But, but, but speaking of dysfunction, we'll stay in dysfunction for a few more minutes. You did a fantastic article that you released to a whole different, a whole bunch of streams. I actually used it in certain settings and it, it silenced uh, some mm. of the debate. It was very well said. Uh, it was seven social media sins. What what was the actual title of it? Uh, the seven sins of social. Uh, uh, the seven sins uh, of social media prophets or prophecy yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was something like that. And and before I ask you to to hit some of those, I, I want to first also say, you know, I have some good prophetic friends who will post uh, prophetic words of encouragement on Facebook. That, that really, I've had moments where I've been scrolling, and I swear that that one was just for me. And it wasn't yeah. so broad. You know, it was very focused, very accurate word. I, I think we're not talking about the encouraging prophetic ministry, the one-on-one, -on -one, mm -hmm. uh, as well as my good friend who goes online, uh, uh, Sammy Robinson, and prophesying over people as they come on. People have gotten Amazing. saved through that. Um, it. You know, it, it's being used as it should be. Uh, yep. David, you're talking about something that's a little more easier to abuse, probably, which is these grandiose words, unchecked, not accountable, don't come to pass. Um, tell us, what what would be 
today's sins of social media prophecy because we are in a totally different era. I think you said white noise. Man, some yeah. days I'm scrolling through Facebook and I'm having heart palpitations at the prophetic words that are being released that are just crazy. <laughs> There's no other word for it. It's just stuff that is, you know, yeah. and so address that a bit. What did you say in your article? I know they can read it. We'll probably post the link, but hit yeah. some of the really good stuff. Yeah, maybe um, uh, like you I, I like that you've prefaced this. I am not actually against uh, prophetic functionality on, on social media. I, I think that there's, there's an absolute... Uh, appropriate way to make that a living honoring reality and and some of it bringing encouragement to different people in the body of Christ and then some of it even in a prophetic evangelism sense I just think I I, I applaud that so we're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. however I mean one of the things in uh, so I've got a prophetic uh, company prophetic group and one of the one of the early lessons that I said to most that I said to the students was I said, let me just say something straight out, that 90% of the things that you will hear uh, by the Spirit of the Lord in prophecy is for you and no one else. <laughs> like, like, and, and that is the greatest compliment of God. Imagine that the God of the universe is going to speak to you through prophetic, like through his voice. Wow. And, it's not for it's not for the world. It's for you. He loves you so much that 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 God would take time just to speak to you. I, I think that's a fantastic compliment. Yeah. The challenge I find, Derek, is when. So let's let's just say that it you know it's it's a genuine speaking of God, as in God's actually downloaded something to you. Well, the 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 the, the next step is not what social media platform should I put it on. The next step is to say, God, Father, is this for me? And if it is for you, then enjoy it and test it and do all the things that we know to do. We, and we've, got, we've got laughter in the studio. <laughs> it's, it's the first thing to do is put it on social media. <laughs> is it Instagram? Is it TikTok? Is it, you know, which, which and, one? <laughs> but you understand how even the fact that that might be your first thought just reveals something within you, wow. a, a need potentially for validation. And, and I understand maybe a, maybe a rejection wound or a, I don't know, you know, like a, maybe you've been discounted. I mean, the prophetic journey is a challenging journey. It's one of the dark night of the soul. Lauren Cunningham, who's gone on to be with Glory, wrote a book about understanding prophetic people. And he wrote a chapter in the book, one chapter called The Dark Night of the Soul, which mm. I think is worth the value of the book alone. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, but he basically says that unless you go through the dark night of the soul, which is <laughs> it's a spiritual night, so it could be a decade or decades, unless you go into this place of rejected by men, discounted, ignored, he said actually it will it, it will limit you, it will it will diminish your ability to be a vessel, a, 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 a seasoned vessel or a sure vessel for the word of God. But it's like, um, it's almost like people want to leapfrog that process. And social media is the ultimate cocaine 
for the for, for, for people that want to you know get beyond the realities of this process. So I think the first thing is this: the thought is this that that one of the sins of social media prophets or prophecies is that most of them have not been the questions never being asked. Lord, is this for me or is it for someone? Like, is it for someone else? Because if it's not for you, the next step doesn't mean it's for the world. <laughs> Maybe it's for a friend. Maybe wow. it's for a friend. Or, 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 and if it's if you go, no, it's 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 for a greater purpose than that or a greater sphere than that. Well, then, okay, maybe it's for the community of faith that you should be in covenant relationship with. And if, wow. if, it, is, if it is and you don't actually have a leadership release, then, then, then the protocol is you submit that to the leadership of that, that's, that, that has leadership in that space. You don't go and tell necessarily the church, right? So remember, we're like, we're six steps away from from suggesting this is a national word that I'm released to put on social media, right? You mean we're not to march into the United Nations General <laughs> Assembly and announce it in a <laughs> no. And and the problem, Derek, is that this is so common practice. The fact that 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 we don't we don't operate in any of these protocols that the dysfunction has become so prevalent that m many people think that this is legitimate and yeah. it's actually not. I don't, listen to this, I don't, uh, I will not read any a, a word on social media that's given by an unknown voice through an unauthorized channel, through an unrecognized dimension. I just won't read it. And people say, well, what if you miss God? What if God is actually trying to speak? And I say, if God is trying to speak, he's going to entrust it to people that understand how to walk with godly protocol that he set up. Wow, so good. So good, David. And, and guys, at this point, I just want to uh, slide in here again that there's no mocking spirit here or, uh, you know, bitterness or edge on what's being said here. This is all really healthy and should be should be talked about. You know, wow. David, I remember the days Stacey Campbell really laid my foundation in the prophetic. She's the one that called me to the... Uh, yeah. Uh, National Prophetic Roundtable. And I remember we would be in meetings and she had a profound way of giving lots of room for yeah. us to practice. You had some wild stuff being said. You had some things over here, but but then some of it was so accurate, you know, you'd see it in the newspaper the next day. And so right. there was this genuine mix. And I think I think there needs to be almost that that mothering or fathering responsibility on leaders that are bringing people together to teach them this. And Stacy really had that. I remember even one time I had given this word that was so powerful. It was confirmed. You know, I, I felt I had a confirmed my place at the table and, and I was a little high on the, on the, on the juice of it all. And so I went to give another word that was just, you know, totally off. And, uh, and Stacy, Stacy kind of lovingly took me aside and said, "Well, this actually, you know, I, I had really missed it." And she coached me in that. And I think I was I was dreadfully embarrassed that I had missed it there, but it gave me sort of a caution that I never forgot that maybe yeah. I need to slow down a bit and weigh some of these words. Maybe I need to run it and filter some of these through some people. But I think there's almost a fear of being 
controlled or a fear of, you know, if God gave me this word, shouldn't I be able to to release it? But I think that this validates what you're saying in that we shouldn't be afraid to connect what we're getting to apostolic networks, to to leadership, to, to all of that. Would you agree? Well, without doubt, Derek, I, I would rather have someone give a dodgy word with the right heart and a submission to protocol than someone every once in a while give an accurate word that won't, won't come into any protocol process. I, I think that's one of the challenges uh, respectfully, when 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 it because what happens is if you've got to be right all the time, I'm not advocating guessing in the prophetic here. But all I'm saying to you is, if the pressure is that my my worth or my security is basically in having to you know hit the bullseye every time, I tell you there is a weight of pressure there that has driven some of the best, most anointed prophets of God. Wow, dark places that we 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 now see as just train wrecks in the history of men and women of God because the pressure was too far beyond. Because what happened was like what you just said. There was Stacy set uh, a beautiful protocol there uh, from a fathering mothering dimension yeah. that created a safe place for you to get it right. Yeah. and get it wrong, and when you got it wrong, to grow. See, if, yeah. if if you can only be celebrated when you get it right and you, you can't be coached when you get it wrong, um, yeah. honestly, like, uh, we don't need that. We, yeah. we don't need – I'm not looking – God forbid that we're looking for more superstars. You yeah, know. yeah, and I think too, David, where we've kind of tried to fit, like I've said, New Testament prophetic expression – uh, through Old Testament prophetic right. model, where the prophet is the mouthpiece of God. He cannot miss it. It's yeah. very ecstatic in that literally God came upon and almost controlled the mouthpiece. So that's right. why a, fal a false prophecy was, that's why you were stoned, because to prophesy falsely, you intended to, you know. And, yeah. and now in New Testament dispensation, we understand that someone can miss it just the fact that we can miss it possibly as good prophetic people should open up a whole new way that we do things, allowing people to grow in this. So yeah, that, that's awesome. Well, well, let's, let's get into a little bit here. Just a few more things. I, I hadn't planned on this going this long, but it's just so rich, David, I don't want to cut it off too quick here. Um, but would you say there are some things, would you say that prophetic ministry is in somewhat of a reformation right now? Are we in something that is changing? And I want to tie this to, it's just no secret that when it came to the political landscape in the US, the Trump-Biden thing, a lot of stuff went on there. And I know these are mucky waters. We're not casting any judgment on anybody who missed it. Uh, but you had that. Then you had covid Seemed right. like we didn't really know that was coming. And some who said that they said it, that it was, it didn't really connect a little too vague for me. And the world was kind of looking for us to bring answers there. We missed that a little bit. And I could name a few more things, but we're not keeping score here. But is something changing? Does something need to change 
What do you think about today's prophetic era in that regard? The inaccuracies, all, all of this kind of stuff. Sure. I think that whenever the prophets in the body of Christ uh, become more interested in predicting world events than they do in helping the body of Christ locate where they stand in relation to Christ, mm. um, we have we have become um, we become commentators of Babylon rather than heralds of the kingdom. Wow! Right, and because I, while yeah, it's it's important to to have a grasp and an understanding of you know national geopolitical things. I don't think we should be in ignorance about that. Is that the role of prophets to be able to foretell uh, as a primary function? I'm talking about um, you know world events and all the rest. I mean, there's there's some precedent that, of course, that does live within some of the scope of the prophets. And so let's not take that away. But when it becomes a preoccupation, when it becomes the measure of who's actually got more than others, we we, we were just uh, in January, we had a, a prophetic um, a, a summit here in January and we have a beautiful indigenous uh, mothering prophet, beautiful, her name is Ada Boland, um, you know, uh, and out of an ecstatic moment, she, she in, in worship, she downloads a word and, again, she's part of the council and releases this word about a, a tremor that was going to happen in the Pacific Islands. It was going to reshape the landscape and God was speaking to his, the church in the islands saying it was going to mark a new era. I mean, it, it was beautiful and it was prophetic. Wow. Well, what we didn't realise was that about 12 hours later, a massive eruption just outside of Tonga was going to be the fulfilment of that word, right? Wow. It, it was it was up there beyond 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 accurate when you then look back at it. Um, so that it's it's within the scope. But what we also didn't do is she didn't write a book about it. She we didn't we we I, I don't I don't call her every other day asking for a prediction about the next pandemic or flood or she was one in one of a company of prophets that that dropped into her spirit. Our preoccupation as prophets has to do with helping the body of Christ understand where they are located with regards to the covenant that they're in before the Lord. And so I would rather prophets predict where the body of Christ, the, the place the body of Christ is in relation to where Christ is rather than who's going to be the next president of some country. Um if there's a if there's a kingdom need for that, it will come. But but let's not make that the pinnacle. Um, that John John in in the book of Revelation is walking with an angel, and he um, uh, the angel is prophesying to John, right? Yes. Prophesying, showing him visions. John the beloved that touched Jesus, leant on Jesus's breast, loses himself in this vision and falls and is about to worship an angel. Scandalous. I mean, this is the great apostle John. He's about to worship an angel, fall at his feet, and the angel stops him and says, no, 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 don't do that. And he lifts John up, and John, like, kind of realizes what he's doing, and the angel tells him, and he says, to, the angel says, you only did that because this, the, 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 the spirit of prophecy is the, or the testimony of Jesus 
is the spirit of prophecy. In other words, in the midst of the purity of the prophetic moment, John forgot that it wasn't Jesus standing in front of him. Wow. Angel, right? Which is the ultimate expression of the prophetic. When the prophetic is deep and strong and accurate, it the world will feel like Jesus is in their midst. Wow. The, that's, that's the high point, not who the next president is. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because, and this this would be a bit of a rabbit trail, but there there is some things that are coming out of certain parts of the world as of late. Uh, this forensic prophetic and bank account numbers and some of this stuff that's just way over the top. Some of it is just a spirit of divination, plain and simple. But it gives this kind of accuracy to entice or provoke or there there's something to it. Whereas I, I love what you just said is Jesus is seen the yeah. testimony of Jesus in these words that are so pure and, you know, not just, Hey, this guy told me my bank account, but I saw Jesus in this moment. Yeah. Uh, David, you know, you just have not disappointed, but it, it, keep mm -hmm. going. If you've got more, more. Well, there. Say, look, um, God forbid that we would hang our hat purely on accuracy as the determiner of the purity of the prophetic. If we did that, then I know some psychics who are accurate, uh, more accurate than some, some average prophets. Let's, let's not do that. Um, source, you've got to discern source. Uh, I, I want accuracy. We want to grow in accuracy, but, but we're clay vessels and there's always going to be mud in the midst because the moment the moment that prophecy leaves the throne of God and touches our ears, it's polluted already. Wow. Wow. <laughs> polluted already. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what, what a note to finish on, you mm. know, the purity of Jesus. I was, uh, I was in the Philippines, as many of you know, uh, you know, on lockdown for about a year. I call it extended honeymoon. And we were at an office where we were doing some live video. And, and I was on there with... Uh, uh, Sammy Robinson, and we were prophesying over people, you know, seeing them uh, giving their lives to Christ, committing right there in the comments section, you know, that kind of thing when we had just gone online. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember coming out of the office and David, I had been, you know, teaching and training groups and movements and churches all over the world. And, and it may have been a little while since I had really, you know, led a group of people to Christ, you know, this kind mm -hmm. of thing, as I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. And I was just so under it, the heart of evangelism and seeing these people come to the Lord right on the screen, that when yeah. we came out of the office, uh, there was somebody that was guarding this compound we were on. And, and I don't know what came over me. I mean, it was the Spirit of God, but I just beelined it over to him and, and sometimes my gift, prophetic gift, is activated by touch. Right. And I just put out my hand towards him and he, he took my, you know, to shake his hand. And something was just activated. And I just said some, some encouraging, you know, they were definitely prophetic words, though. And this guy just melted within two to three sentences wow. and gave his life to the Lord right there, prayed together. You know, it was a genuine conversion. And I walked away 
being reminded that that's the kind of prophetic that we can all take part in. Yeah. That's the kind of, you know, like you said, we're looking to predict who the next president is, but there's people all around us at our workplace yeah. that you could prophesy over and yeah. minister encouragement to. And, and here the greatest miracle takes place. That, that president that you prophesied would come into power might just leave office four years later and we've got to do this all over again. Not putting down the grandiose words, but there's something we can all be part of, which is the testimony of Jesus. And I want to encourage you, those of you that are watching or listening, you may have heard some things that really made sense to you. Uh, here on this broadcast, some things might have gone over your head, but this prophetic training, I really believe April 8th to 10th is one of the unique uh, trainings to come out of this reset. History Makers Academy, you know that we, we hold all kinds of these intensive trainings that produce tangible results. The testimonies speak for themselves. We're doing one on the prophetic, uh, prophetic advance. David Balestri will be speaking at it. Luke Niebergel, myself, uh, Tony Kim, I call him another, another hybrid uh, apostle prophet. And, uh, and he was having these discussions with Peter Wagner about this very thing. Can the two be functioning like this? And I see that as well in, uh, in David Balestri. So, um, so I want to encourage you, click on the link. If you can't see the link, go to historymakersacademy.com. Click on trainings. You'll see it right there. Uh, you can register seventy-seven dollars, eight to ten lectures—not uh, lectures, but but workshops. It's going to be so powerful. David, is there anything you want to leave with us from there? I mean, you've you've given so much here, but but sometimes there's a, something hanging on your your lips before you want to get off a broadcast like this. Anything, or do we just bless the people and go our ways? Look, I'm I'm really uh, I I didn't know where it was going to go this morning. I knew some of the questions, but I love where. I feel like the spirit of the Lord uh, led us and yeah. particularly where we landed. I think any time that Jesus is lifted up, yeah. I think it's a good, we, it's a good session. So I'm, I'm really content. Uh, thank you. Thank you again for just making this available and uh, real honor to be on the show with you. Uh, David, thank you for making the time. You're all the way in Australia. That's all the way uh, for us <laughs> in Canada, different time zone, everything. And you've taken the time to bless us. There's a lot of great people in the comment section saying some things. Check it out. Guys, click, like, share the broadcast. This this really carried the, the spirit of Jesus, I believe. David, thank you for being with us. We bless you to go and take on the world as I know you do a thousand things in a day. So just go for it, my brother. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Look forward to, uh, yeah, to the training event later on. It'd be great. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thanks, David. Yeah. Guys, that, uh, that, that is David Balestri. And you know what? The heart of Jesus. Uh, that was just just wonderful. I want to encourage you to watch it again. Our YouTube channel, subscribe there, History Makers TV. You can just rewatch, rewatch. If you're listening by podcast, thanks for subscribing. Uh, this is obviously going to be uploaded by the time you're listening to it. We're with uh, Charisma Podcast Network. Wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, you can be able to <coughs> uh, listen to that. And we will see you April 8th to 10th. Pay any price to stay hungry. Pay any price to grow in wisdom. In this era, God wants to use you to make history. Thanks for joining us. God bless you, everybody. Thanks for listening to Transformation Generation Podcast. 
If you liked what you heard, visit historymakersacademy.com to enroll in one of our cutting-edge trainings. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, History Makers TV, or download our History Makers Society app today.